Welcome to the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, you have your, myself, Nathan Westfall, and Michael Moore. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. How you doing? I'm stuck at home, man. How are you? Uh, also at home. I don't know if I'd use the word stuck, but I'm at home for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that stuck is necessarily a bad thing. I just, there's nothing to do. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, a lot of house projects, fun or not otherwise. Yeah, let's let's hear about some of your recent house projects. <laughs> <laughs> so I started having septic issues, as you know, and then, uh, you know, had to get that whole system clean because apparently it's been four years before the previous owner of the house did it. Um but here's the best part. So there's three septic tanks, three, because they didn't know one existed. So they put the second one in and then found the first one. So I have the joyous uh, system of having three, none of them actually working correctly. And uh, my instructions to find these instructions to find these septic tanks, because they're about a foot and a half, two feet below the ground, were... Find the upside down box in the garden and look for some sort of landmark. Find a flat rock near the tree and where the grass is greener. All right. Yeah. So my uh, garden from my deck to about the garage looked like the movie holes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my weekend. Sounds like how much, how much did you guys end up pumping? 2,800 gallons. 2,800 gallons of raw sewage. Name it. Name it. Yeah. That's just... The normal is 1,000. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. That's... uh, It's nasty. Yeah. So anyway, you talk about something better. How was your weekend? Hopefully not that bad. Uh, No, my weekend was... um, I really don't remember my weekend. Oh, yeah. No, I was doing deliveries for church for Mother's Day. Oh, I did those two after. Yeah. 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 So we did deliveries and then uh, took care of the kids, hung out. But the previous weekend, that was fun. That was a good weekend. It was a gorgeous day, which for everybody not up here, it's been cold, snowy, and rainy. And then nice the next day. Yeah. And it's like the end of spring, you know? <laughs> it's, I know. It's yeah, pretty it's, sad. It's May 11th and it snowed two days ago. Yeah. So <clears throat> It's messed up. But yeah, yeah, last the weekend before this weekend was was great. It was uh, a great day. Crawfish. It uh, was good, man. Yeah. So I, for you guys that don't know, I love crawfish, and I mean absolutely love crawfish. And so we got a sack of crawfish. Um, we got some beverages. We got corn, potatoes, mushrooms. Threw it all in, and it was a feast. Yeah, it was. It was really good. It was. Um, yeah, I was. I don't have anything else to say other than it was good. It was nice to be outside. Um, you know, we didn't go in anyone's house or anything like that. We were still outside, but it was. Uh, it was nice to just have good weather for one day and not be inside. You yeah, know? exactly. And around people, but still practicing social distancing. Yeah. Yep. So, because so, you can, because you throw a bunch of stuff in a pot and wait for three hours. So. Yeah, that's literally that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah. So topic for today uh, is going to be how do churches and organizations open back up, right? I mean, there's a lot of talk around, um, you know, there was the 
14 days, 15 days that the government had set to get things back to normal. And then it got moved to May 15th and uh, New York state for some of it is till June 5th, 6th, something like that. Six. Yeah. No, that New York state is, there's a lot of discrepancy around that. And right. So, I know it's not officially like pause until June yeah, 6th. So that's, part that's of a state of emergency until June Correct. 6th. Yeah. 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 So we have been, I think today, the recording of this podcast was day 72 or 73 of lockdown of where mm-hmm. they completely shut down the state. So that's almost, I mean, that's two and a half months. That's almost, we're going on three months. Yeah. Um, yep. But today they did announce uh, in New York, at least that they are not going to, uh, or they're going to allow the lift of the stay at home order to expire on May 15th, which is just a few days away. Uh, and then they're going to start taking a regional phased approach towards opening back up the economy uh, and get people out and stuff. And so uh, with that, we still have to comply with the CDC guidelines of groups of no more than 10 people wearing right. masks, washing hands, social distancing of six feet or more, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, but it is good to see that we're finally taking steps um to be able to reopen like they even announced today all drive-in movie theaters in the state can open on friday which, which is great yeah it's absolutely great and so people are going to be excited to be getting out drive-in movie theaters which we thought was a thing of the past is going to be booming throughout the mm-hmm. summer they're going to have their best summer ever I know. um so it's good man i'm excited yeah i'm excited too i think it'll be great um, I think it's good to see stuff going back. Uh, the hardest part for me is honestly just trying to keep up between what New York state is doing versus the federal government, um, and know where the overlap is. Right. So like, just cause you hear, as you just said, right. As you, the state's opening doesn't mean you can all of a sudden do large gatherings, right. You still right. have to make sure you know what is open and what isn't, but it definitely steps in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. And it is good. I am excited about it. Yep. Um, there is some overlap, not a ton. I think our state is definitely different than, um, a majority of the states out there. I know Texas, for instance, they've already reopened. Uh, they're doing, I think 25 or 50% occupancy. So they're taking a different approach. They're doing the occupancy approach where we are not doing an occupancy approach. We're doing a, once they're open, once we hit that phase, a business can, can open. And if it goes well for a two week period, then we can move on to another phase where, Texas is everything can open, but at 25% occupancy um, and then slowly, you know, gradually, you know, tweak back up. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think makes sense. Right. Um, you've got large arenas and stuff like that. 20% is still social distancing. Yeah. If you think of it that way. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's going to be your first thing to do when you, when things open back up, I already have mine on my list, but um, I, I don't, I mean, it depends on what phase as far as like, uh, I think we're going to have people over mm-hmm. and uh, just hang out in the backyard, especially this weekend. It's supposed to be nice. Yep. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the initial phase. Once the restaurants open back up, the first thing I want to do is I want to go to Hollywood cafe. That's the same thing. And I want to get garlic parm wings yeah. and a victory sour monkey. And I want to sit out on the patio and have a two hour long conversation. We have, meeting. yeah, we have missed the patio, like prime months for the patio. Cause it's been closed for six months or so. And Absolutely. God. And their wings just so good. So yeah, they do have, they do have amazing wings, at least for Albany. They have really good wings. Yeah. Agreed. 
So I think the big topic, as you know, people have been impatient, depending on what job you're in, or if you're an extrovert, right? People have been impatient based on being in their house. Uh, and the real question for a lot of businesses, some of it based off of lifestyle, some of it based off of, you know, I need to survive. Um, should we open sooner rather than later? And I don't think it's ever a question of, should we open? I think it's just people going back and forth. How soon is, is too soon? And it's two sides of it too, right? So is it uh, too soon in terms of like you're arguing the state or too soon where do you really have to go back, right? Do you have the type of workforce where um, is it safe? Probably, but you know, a lot of stress is going on with, you know, schools still aren't open, right? So why send your employees back to work if schools are closed? So, you know, you're gonna have to have issues with daycare, childcare, everything else, right? That's kind of the common example that everyone has is, um, just because New York state says you can go back to work on Friday, uh, schools are shut down till the end of June. So there's not, you know, in a lot of States, that's the case. Um, so what do you think when we talk about, should we reopen sooner rather than later? How do you gauge what's the correct time, uh, for you? Yeah. So I think, uh, I totally understand both sides of the coin. Uh, I won't tell you what side I tend to lean more towards just as more science and data comes out. I, I do think it's interesting. The data that's coming out now, at least for New York state, I'm not going to get into that because it could easily turn into a political discussion and that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do understand on one side, you don't want to open up uh, too quickly because you don't want people to, um, you don't want people to be sick. You know, you don't want people to catch the infection or anything like that. Uh, you want to be able to protect. We do know that it does affect the elderly. It does affect people with compromised immune systems. Um, there's all that stuff in there that it does affect. And unfortunately, if you did open everything back up tomorrow, you're going to have people that go out, they're going to get sick and they're going to die. And I know that that's what they're trying to prevent. On the flip side, I also right. understand from a business perspective, and we'll dive into the church in just a minute. Uh, from a business perspective, 49% of the businesses in America are small business owners. And I'm talking about small businesses, mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're losing money. They're losing revenue. And even with the PPP loan, that only helped out the employee situation for two months. Uh, but with that, what about uh, the amount of income that they're losing, the revenue that they're losing? What about uh, the rent that they still have to pay, the utilities and the bills that they have to pay? The PPP loan only covers so much of that. Uh, and, and for some, unfortunately, uh, this is going to be a time where they end up closing. Yeah. We already know in our community on Lark Street, there's at least two businesses on Lark Street, which is basically the main strip in Albany for nightlife. Uh, there's at least two businesses, potentially more than that, that have shut down already and just said, hey, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. We can't, we can't afford to recover after this. We've lost too much. Right. right. Um, and so I also get that argument as well. So I do think that taking a balanced approach towards it uh, is good and healthy. And I would encourage uh, the church really to do the same. Uh, the thing with the church, and I want to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, to be honest with you. And this is, this is Michael talking, but um, this is a personal conviction of mine. Whenever this whole thing started, my stance was, is we're going to stay open until the school shut down as a church. That did not last very long. That lasted one Sunday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the school shut down and we were shut down. Uh, oh. And even with that, I had to really wrestle with it because there was an aspect of like, well, what about faith? And we believe God heals and 
Uh, and still, let's do the practical stuff. Uh, but on the flip side of that, there's also we have to honor our governing authorities. In Romans right. thirteen one, you know, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Uh, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And so whether I agree or disagree with Governor Cuomo, he has been placed in that leadership position as a governing authority over the state of New York by God. Whether I agree or disagree with President Trump, he's been placed in that authority by God. And and I think that that's an aspect that we have to recognize. And then in the contextualization of that passage, um, Paul was addressing Christians in Rome who were under persecution by the Roman government. Yeah. We are not under persecution. Us shutting down is is complying and honoring our governing officials and saying we're going to shut down for the sake of everybody else. We're going to be selfless right now. Um and in order to stop what we're doing as far as large Sunday gatherings so that we can see people not get sick. Um and so the, the answer, to answer your question, should we open re, should we reopen? Yes, I do think that we should reopen. However, whenever we reopen, I believe that the church should be leading the way with modeling this as an example to both believers and non-believers. This is an opportunity. As I said, whenever we did our last podcast, this is an opportunity for the church to be the church, to lead the way and to shine. Uh, more so than than ever before, while complying and falling in accordance with the governing officials. Now, let me give one more caveat here to kind of throw uh, a wrench in in the wheel or whatever. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's like this in most states. Uh, churches are deemed essential organizations in New York State. So legally, I can have church. City church can have church this Sunday. And there's nothing that the government can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's like that in most places. That being said, we have chose not to do that uh, because we understand that there is an, a, a disease that's out there. There's this virus that's out there that is attacking people. And yep. in our state, we've had, I think it's probably around 330,000 people now that have been infected and over 25,000 deaths. I don't want that to be on the hands of our church just for the sake of gathering on a Sunday. The church is more than gathering on a Sunday. But I do think that we should reopen. And so I guess uh, I think one of the things New York State is doing a, I think they're doing a three or a four phased approach uh, towards reopen. And essentially that's what we're looking at doing as of today is a four phased approach towards reopening to get us back to 100%. Yeah, and I think that's, um, I think as a country, for the most part, we've, I don't want to say handled this well, but I think companies have handled it well in terms of trying to um, keep their employees safe and all that stuff, right? Not everyone might agree, right? But everyone's trying to do what's best because they don't want to be the reason that there's now this massive spike in the state because they decided to keep their office of 5,000 people open or church of whatever open. Um, I will say though, social media does love when churches stay open during this time. They, um, yes, but, they do. They legally I'm, can. They legally can stay they, open. They legal, they legally can, but I'm in the same boat as you where it's um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because you can't meet doesn't mean you can't have church. And it almost yeah. like disheartens me when I see it, not because I'm not saying you're, you know, it's not that you're legally doing anything wrong, but it's the whole fact, the whole fact that like um, the rest of the world now sees Christianity as confined to a building. They have to have a space to worship. Right. And I don't want to get into all this, but it's, that's, 
that's always I'm I'm happy that City Church and other churches in New York, like down in the city and stuff like that, are doing the same thing. Where while it's tough, um, they're finding ways to be creative. They're finding ways to still meet. And uh, even as a congregation, people are seeing that church is more than just the four walls. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, what was it? The first week or so that this happened, like Bibles flew off the shelf. There was like a whole thing of where during this time, Christianity had and still does have the opportunity to be something great. I think um, churches staying open, though, in those those cases, though, where it was made public kind of hurt it some, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I, for me, I just look back at Acts chapter two, where everybody sells their belongings yeah. and they contribute to one another. Yep. Uh, maybe we're not selling our belongings, but we're giving generously to help those who have been laid off or we're giving generously to feed the people who are running out of food right now because <clears throat> it is happening. Uh, right. But it does say that that there was favor on the believers and that people were in awe of the church. Yeah. Uh, and so I want yep. it to be that the way that we handle this at City Church, that non-believers look at the church and say they did it correctly. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I will say, I think we've had we've had some really good testimonies that have come in as far as even how we practice social distancing on recording. Like we've literally had people email us in and say, thank you for making sure that you are leading the way through practicing social distancing online. Um because people are paying attention to that type of stuff. And as silly yeah. as that may sound, but it is it is a serious issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Uh, so you talked about uh, kind of doing the same thing some states are doing, especially New York, right? Going back as a phased approach. What um, what do you have in mind when you think about a phased approach? And maybe what does this look like when it comes down to City Church? Yeah, that's a good question. And so um, we can kind of... Again, we have four phases. And I'll just we'll we'll kind of start with phase one and we'll just talk about it for briefly. Really the the bulk of this conversation is probably going to be in phase two, to be honest with you, because this is where we're doing yeah. something different. And let me just say this before we get into this, this will not work for everyone. Um, and we'll kind of end on that and I'll explain why. But for phase one, so everything for City Church right now is a hundred percent digital. Um, from groups to giving to our online experience, kids ministry, uh -huh. you name it. It's all, it's all digital right now. Uh, and so our first phased approach would really be uh, that we would allow our community groups that are currently meeting digitally to start meeting in person as long as, and here's the, the key, as long as they fall in the guidelines of the CDC. Yep. And by that, that is 10 people right now. And so until that gets lifted for our state, um, we're going to have to cap in-person groups at 10 people. That being uh -huh, said, uh -huh. it's ultimately going to be up to the group leader. If they feel comfortable doing it, then we'll let them do it. If they don't feel comfortable doing it, then we won't let them do it. Uh, then they, they don't have to do it, I guess. Uh, if the group is going to be over 10, then we've been talking about, and these again are just ideas, uh, we've been talking about that People can RSVP in the first 10, essentially get in counting right. the group, the group post, uh, and then the rest can even join virtually. Um, but at the same time, if the group doesn't feel comfortable just yet meeting in person, they can stay online digitally and uh -huh. keep meeting as a community group. And so the reasoning for that is it's a way for people to start engaging again in in-person community, actually uh -huh. start seeing each other, sharing a meal together while practicing social distancing, while following our governing officials' recommendations, 
Um, and again, while kind of leading the way while protecting those who are most vulnerable. And yep. so that's kind of, that's kind of our phased one. Do you have any questions about that? It's pretty simple, but. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what people are coming back to. I think phase one for us even makes more practical sense of just getting used to community again, because it's all been so virtual. So you kind of start off small. Um, I know for some companies too, it's kind of more just trying to get back to somewhat of the basics, right? So for a company, a lot of the phase ones is going to be, um, if you literally can't work at home, then you're allowed back at the office, right? And it's kind of that yeah. thing where just because you can doesn't mean you should just because you, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're a, um, you know, uh, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should though, right? Um, but this gives you the opportunity for those that maybe are extroverted, those who have the opportunity, um, they can Yeah, make it easy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so phase two for us, and this is where it gets interesting, is phase two would happen at a minimum of 14 days after the church institutes phase one. So if we start phase one tomorrow, which is not the case, we're still going to wait 14 days later. Uh, but phase two, uh, and this is something new that we're trying, and we'll kind of see what happens. But I think that this has an opportunity to be a huge momentum push for our church if we do it right and if we take the precautions. And so phase two is where we're going to move our Sunday gatherings from being in home to having a house church model. And by that, we're still going to have on the online stream. Uh, so there's still going to be online worship. There's going to be online message. But we have, uh, as of now, we have eight host homes who are signed up uh, and they're going to take up to the maximum amount of people that they can, including kids, uh, which will be laid out by our government, I'm assuming beforehand, um, mm -hmm. in their home. So if it's 10, they're going to cap out at 10. If it's 20, they're going to cap out at 20. And what they're going to do is they're going to either have breakfast or lunch together. They're going to take communion together. They're going to pray for one another without touching each other. Uh, they're going to worship together and they're going to hear the word together. And then they're going to be able to discuss it afterwards. And so mm -hmm. it's almost like uh, it's almost like a glorified community group, but there's going to be a little bit more intentionality about building community and it being open right. to people who are longing to get back into the routine on Sundays. And then for kids, uh, while the adults have their, we, we, we will continue to have our kids, kids church online experience. Um, but then while the adults are sitting there listening to, un unfortunately, me talk, right, um, <laughs> then uh, we'll have activities for the kids to be able to do in the homes as well. And yeah. so, again, it's just steps that we'll be taking to try to build community. And our hope with this is that it will start to uh, gain some traction and that we will actually see that eight number of house churches grow to 10, grow to 12 maybe even yep. grow to, to grow to 15 before we even reopen as a church as a whole. Yep. Um, and again, it, it'll get people back in that mindset of Sundays is a day set aside for God. We're going to go to church. Uh, we're going to be a part of community, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it's a little bit of a church feel, a little bit of a community group feel, but definitely more intimate. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of good that can come out of it for at least yep. our church, if not the church as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think the house church thing is, um, you know, all you're doing is just trying to slowly introduce back community, right? People have been right. without community for so long. Uh, you can't really throw 100 people in a room, expect things to go back to normal, which is a whole nother conversation. But you're kind of slowly introducing the aspect of community, um, kind of expecting that the government's going to roll it out slow, just like we've starting to see in other states, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And let me, and let me just say this, like, cause I think that just doing how saying you're going to have a house church is one thing, uh-huh. but with this, you do have to, you have to have the infrastructure set up for it, which is what we're doing now, knowing that it's going to be at least four weeks before this even gets kicked off the ground. Yep. And, and what that looks like is people are going to have to sign up for a house church and RSVP before they go begin, because there's going to be a max capacity for people to be at the house. And with that, um, we're using, and I don't know how it's working. Dan, who's on our staff, he's in, he's building the webpage, but, uh, people can see, they won't see the address, but they'll see the region or the neighborhood that the house is in and they can click on it. They can sign up for it. Uh, and then the, the house host will then email them. And then the host is going to be responsible for creating a safe and clean environment. It's got to be clean. They have to have soap. They have to have sanitizer. Uh, We as a church are going to have to provide masks for those who show up without masks unless they can stay six feet apart, which in some bigger homes you can. Uh Um, And then uh, they're also going to have to take attendance. Like we want to see how many people are engaging into the house church, not for a, this is how many people we had at church, but it gives us an idea of who's actually having some kind of physical uh, physical touch is the wrong word, but like some t- kind of touch from the church um, each week so that we can better shepherd our congregation. Yeah. It's just some, to gauge the community interaction. Yeah. I think is what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I think that's, that's a good point. And we didn't cover this uh, real quick, but if we wanted to continue this here, so yeah, go ahead. Staff like, this is, is going to be the staff, longest one. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. Staff, staff is entirely remote. So why don't you backpedal a little bit, explain staff phase yeah. one, phase two. So yeah. So phase one staff is going to remain remote. Um, phase two at that point we will be, we, which, which we're, we're kind of allowed. We're not really, it's kind of a gray area right now, but by phase two, um, our goal is right now our staff, not counting the weekend is working a four day work week. So Monday through Friday, um, our staff will come back to the office for one day a week on phase two. And it's probably going to be a Tuesday. Monday, we'll still do our staff meeting virtually. Tuesday, we'll come in, we can tackle stuff, we can shoot videos, we can get whatever done, make sure that we're um, no one wants to see our office right now because it's a disaster because no one's been up there to clean it. But like cleaning up the office, reorganizing mm-hmm. stuff, getting ready to reopen is really going to be what that Tuesday is focused on. And then Wednesday and Thursday are going to remain remote. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think, I think that's good. I, I'm, you know, I've been reading other stuff, how people are doing it. Phase one, we talked about, right. If you have to come in, you can come in type thing. Um, phase two for a lot of people are, um, still encouraging remote, which we're doing the same thing, right. Encouraging yeah. that the majority of it's remote. Um, but even giving people saying, Hey, if, you know, if you can't work from home, then you can come in the office and here's a schedule to make sure that you're not sitting next to your desk mate or whatever like that. Right. So let's say, yeah. you know, you are the only one in the house that works, but your house is small and there's kids all the time. Right. It's not that you don't have someone to look after your kids, but right. working from home, you're going to, you know, call your eyes out if you have to do it for one more day because you've been trying to get stuff done right you then have the option to come in if you want to yeah absolutely and i i'm personally looking forward to going back to the office um just because i get more done because i'm Mm -hmm. constantly interrupted with kids here you know yeah Uh, i love them but i'll be in the middle of studying and they'll bust in and want me to spin them around and throw them up in the air and it's like all right trying to work but yep Yep. So that's phase two for a lot of companies. Same thing, right? Give employees the option. But if you're great at home, stay home. Yeah. 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 
So, so yeah, so phase two is just one staff day at the office. Phase three, as a church, uh, we're going to continue the house church model. Uh-huh. Um, really, everything's going to stay the same. Staff will only be in one day of week. Um, we're going to continue to do house church. Uh, our hope is that the house church will grow. But phase three for us really depends on the maximum capacity of when they start allowing groups to gather. And so what phase three will be for us is we are going to shift um, from being a digital audience only to we're going to allow around, and we don't have an exact number yet, around Mm -hmm. 30 people in a live audience while practicing social distancing. No kids church. Um, it's It's literally for like, the singles or the married people in our church who want right. to go to church, uh, they don't have kids or. Uh, right. Cause we are, we are in Albany. So there's a good portion of people that walk to church. Yes. Right. They absolutely. don't have kids and they're kind of just living on Lark street, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, but the way that we're going to do it is we'll, we'll do an event right every week and they're going to have to register to be able to go to church. And I know that yeah. that sounds weird, but it's because we want to practice the social distancing. And so once we hit that number, whether it's 20, 30, 25, yeah. 30, I don't think it'll be more than 30 because we also have volunteers there. Um, that's it for that week. And then we'll encourage everyone to still go to a house church, but it'll give them again, more of a Sunday going to church type feel. It'll yeah. also be good for our staff to get back in the swings of serving people on Sundays and what that looks like before we get to phase four. Yeah. Um, yep. And so our biggest hope, though, is through this, that phase two, uh, between phases two and three, that the house church and the community uh, will continue to grow and engage uh, as a body, even though we start, you know, singing and preaching in front of a small group of people that we're going to continue to see the engagement as a church continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. And I mean, if you think of it this way, right, because we're in a city, because we're in a place where uh, we're surrounded by people that go to the church already, uh, because it's just a larger building, right? You can consider it just a home church while we're streaming, right? It's not like we're going up to 100 people. It's just we're doing 30 or whatever the CDC guideline is at the time because, you know, we can fit a lot more than your living room, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it's going to build the community. It's, and it's going to be good because our team is, we haven't had church in nine or 10 weeks now. Yeah. Um, and at this point we're going to be probably around week 15 to week 18 yeah. um, of not having church. So we're not talking weeks, we're talking months at this point. Yep. And so it's going to almost be like a dry run for us to get back in the swing <laughs> of having church, you know, for real though. Yeah. Um, and it'll be good too, from a technological perspective, because we do want to continue live streaming. How are we going to What's that going to look like with a live audience and stuff? Um, and so that'll be... Which, which we've only done once. That was the first yeah. week that we did it. And then after that, we had to send everyone home, right? So. Yeah. And so so phase two is the most crucial for the church. Phase three is probably the most crucial for the staff um, as far as getting yeah. getting back in the swing of things. And yep. then and here's where we are. And this is this may change for phase four. We'll see what happens. But phase four uh, is really, we just feel as of now, this may change, that it's going to be best that we do not reopen Sunday worship experiences to a large gathering until we can have at least 250 people meeting at once. Um, Will we still, um, my hope is that the social distancing isn't that big of a deal by then. 
Um, but you know, we still have to take that into mind. We, we have already talked right. about having mask ordered so that if people want mask, I, I, yep. I don't think that that will be a thing at this point, but I may be wrong, but that we have it readily available hand sanitizer, but mm-hmm. we want it, we want to reopen and we want it to reopen with the bang. And I don't, I don't right, use right. this word as a literal word, but it's almost like a relaunch of the church. Um, with a group of 200 plus people that you're relaunching the church with. Uh, And so it isn't, it isn't like a church plant that's starting out or your church revitalization. We'll make sure that's very clear. Um, It's more so we just want it to be a, uh, we just want it to be a big, a big Sunday, a big feel and to feel as close to church on a Sunday Mm -hmm. gathering as we can. But I think again, going back, what's important is that between phases two and three, we rebuild the community aspect in the church uh, to see that grow and develop to where whenever phase four, phase four, we add the Sunday piece back to it, but we already have a strong community coming out of this. Um, and so that's our hope. And and really, whenever we do relaunch, we want to make sure we're able to staff all of our volunteers, staff our worship team, staff our kids ministry, and then we make it a big day. Like we spend some money and we celebrate the fact that we can all be together, we yep. party, um, and and it's a big day. And so that's kind of our hope with phase four. Yeah, and I think it's great that we're treating it as a, a relaunch, in my opinion, because you can expect, you know, uh, you know, we're going to wait for at least 250 people. Hopefully the whole church comes back. But you also have to think the reality of it is that um, – People might be more used to online because, you know, we have elderly people in our church. It might just be easier for them to continue watching online and show up once every couple months, right? So they might no longer be part of the regular church that shows up, but they're still a part of the church. Yeah. You then also have to assume, however it is, right? Um, People might have gone to a different church, right? Maybe they like their live stream better, found something better, and are going there and vice versa. People are coming to you because they saw you preach and now they're involved in your church because same reason, right? They like you yeah. better, or maybe it was a smaller church that couldn't live stream. So now they're involved with you, right? Um, it's all that things where if you treat it as a relaunch, right, your core team, the people that really, um, and I think it'll be the majority of the people will come back, but there's also that special case of you having a new online community, a new community that shows up because of your online community. Yeah, absolutely. And and I am expecting that. I, I do think, and this is just a hunch, uh, just because we've had people that haven't watched us before, because we didn't we didn't have online church, um, we do have people that are tuning in, and I have no idea who they uh-huh. are. And so I uh-huh. do suspect that we're going to see that come back in, and we're probably going to see some people also trickle out. And I think that that's just kind of the ebbs and flows with it. And so even treating it like a big day again, we're wanting to um, we're we're wanting to we're we're going to market it. We're going to make it a big deal. You know, whether we get a food truck or yep. what, I don't I don't know. Obviously, we with all of these steps though, and this is what is crucial. We want to make sure that we're following the CDC guidelines. We want to practice the social distancing. Um, hopefully, that is not the case by the time we have to have church again. If that is the case, then thank God we have the co- capability in our in the arena yep. to be yep. able to do that. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different but we can still do it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of our hopes with it is to, to have it as back to normal with all the safety precautions, uh, in play as possible. Yeah. And with that too, right. Unlike, um, 
some other situations or everything else, just because now we're back to normal church doesn't mean we're going to stop um, streaming. Right. Correct. I think I think we kind of just breezed over that, but I just want to emphasize the fact that just because now we can allow our whole church back and everyone's back to normal, we have this great party. Um, we're not going to forget about the community that might be online or the opportunity to reach online. I think yeah. it's the bigger thing. Right. We invested this money to live stream, not it being a whole ton, but it's something that is benefiting the church will benefit the church. And guess what? If this virus flares up again, something else happens where church has to shut down. Um, it's normal. Right. It's not like, oh, let's, yeah. you know, pull out that computer, start live streaming again. It's no, it's our day to day. It's our normal routine now. Yeah, absolutely. And and you definitely brought up a point and something you said, Nathan, last time we were talking, uh, just you and I, as you said, virtual and I may be butchering it, but you said virtual first, mm-hmm. physical second or something like that. Like make sure that moving forward, the services mm. that we offer and by that, I mean, whether it's groups, whether it's assimilation, growth track or essentials or church, uh, make sure that we can offer it first virtually before we can offer it um, physically, because yeah. there is a new demographic that we are we are reaching right now. Yeah, I think uh, I kind of remember this now. I don't remember everything I told Man, you. So I'm glad you something said, stuck to the Whatever you said, it was like that was tweetable, like pre shut off. Uh, I think it was when I was more talking to staff, it was uh, when if you can effectively reach and communicate to people virtually, the person sitting next to you will get it right. Like yes. if if, if yeah. you go, if you can reach someone digitally online, right, they know what's going on. They're basically like your family member in terms of like they know the message. They know the people that are there. They're part of the community. The people that show up in person is going to be way easier to communicate to you because you're basically communicating to the hardest first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And and real quick about staffing. So with staffing, and this is what I told our staff, and this is not set in stone yet, but it's probably going to look like 50-50. And by that, I mean mm-hmm. 50% in the office, 50% out of the office. And mm-hmm. so by the time we hit stage four, We'll have in-person staff meetings again. We'll be in the office probably at least two days a week, maybe two and a half. But also if somebody is a week ahead, they come to a meeting. And then if they want to work from home the rest of the time, uh, there's going to be more of the flexibility with that than there was beforehand. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think it's going to be uh, at least not anytime soon that we go back to a we're 100 percent in person as a staff. Um, yep. and I don't know if we'll ever go back to that, to be honest with you. Um, it's one of those yep. things that we'll just have to evaluate. Yeah. Uh, I know that I don't expect my team to ever go back a hundred percent to the way it was and myself included. Um, I know we were talk. I finished reading that book, uh, basically remote, um, <clears throat> which you should hurry up and finish reading. But, uh, the, the meat. Yeah, the main points of that book was really just, you know, um, in today's world and the way that everything works with families, the way everything works, uh, especially when it comes to creative people, right? Creative people's brains think differently, want to go differently. It's better if you let your staff work their hours, work what's beneficial to them, and you'll get more out of them at the end of the day, right? So you shouldn't confine someone to show up at a building that you choose, maybe waste money on rent if your, your offices aren't in the same building as your church, Right. Um, and basically confine them to hours and a desk that they don't like as opposed to, you know, maybe I worked 10 hours today because I was totally fine working from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. on top of everything else because I had this great idea and wanted to keep going, but it's easier to keep going when I'm at my own house rather than 
oh, it's five o'clock. I have to go home, meet family, all this other stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it goes back to if someone's more of a night owl and they're more creative mm-hmm. or they work better at night, then that's fine too. And so you're absolutely right. Which speaking of creative, and I won't get into this now, but as soon as mm-hmm. we finish this podcast, I do want to tell you a creative okay. idea okay. that I have uh, <clears throat> that I think would be really cool if it's done right. Uh, and everyone here, you'll just have to wait. And if it works, then you'll see. If it doesn't work, then you won't see. <laughs> it never, it never happened. Never even happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, let me just let me just go over the. This is our tentative timeline. And so, right now, the recording of this is the week of March 11th. This will come yep. out in the next day or two. Um, so, our stay-at-home order lifts on. I said March, May. Our stay-at-home order lifts on May 15th. Um, even with the stay-at-home order lifting, we will not, as a church, move to phase one until Memorial Day weekend, the 24th, the 25th. That week, we will move to phase one. If phase one goes well and it keeps going well, uh, it'll be somewhere between June 7th and June 14th before we move to phase two. Uh, Phase three, I'm projecting to not start. This is projecting to not start until July 12th. Um, and then phase three is probably going to be the longest phase that we're in. And I don't suspect, again, this is if everything goes a hundred percent, excuse me, goes a hundred percent. Well, I don't expect us reopening the church for Sunday worship experiences or services or gathering or whatever you call it until somewhere between August 9th and Mm -hmm. August 23rd. I do think by August 23rd, will be reopened because that's whenever universities start back up. It's actually the week before. Um, and I think that the state is really going to push to get those on campus, those that need to be on campus reopened. Um, uh-huh. So that is my projection as of now. Again, that is just projection. So we're in May. So we got the rest of May, June, July. So we still have a solid three months even with this four phase plan before we even open up our doors on a Sunday. And so it's a Mm -hmm. very different approach than what other churches are taking. It's probably a more cautious approach. Uh, In my opinion, though, it's more of a biblical approach and it's more of a wise approach. And that's kind of where I stand with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And I think that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? Just because you can go back. Does, does it mean that it's best for you? Is it best for the church? Is it better for anyone really? Correct. Yeah. Um, so with this plan, right, I think it's a good four or four phase approach. I think a lot of other companies are coming up with the same thing states, the same thing. Does the plan that we have though, going to work for everyone? Uh, no, I mean, first off, there's going to be people listening to this in different States where your mandates are different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know churches in Texas are starting to reopen now and it's may, um, I think it really just depends on your geographical location. And also the size of your church. If your church is 50 people, you're going to get back to Sundays a lot quicker than we will. If your church is 5,000 people, you may actually have to wait till September or October before you Mm -hmm. can reopen. And so I really think it depends on your geographical location, the uh, spread of the virus in your geographical area, um, and then the size of your church and the capacity that you have as a church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... I, I, I think every church is going to be a little different in our area. I do think uh, my fear in our area is that churches are going to rush the gun and they're going to pull the trigger and it's going to backfire on them. Uh-huh. That is a fear that I have. 
Uh, and I don't want to say it isn't a like, oh, I'm terrified, but it's like, it's more so like, let's use wisdom with yeah. this. And, and so it's more so like a fear of, I don't want the church to mess this up and to have backlash on it as the body of Christ right. um, or businesses in general as well. Yep. Um, but then there's also other churches that they had no online presence at all. And their only means of income was through Sunday collections. And so I, I saw on CNN, CNN released an article that 40% of churches in America may not reopen because they did not have the infrastructure for digital uh-huh. and online church. Um, and they're, they're folding right now, left and right. And so we said this, the last podcast, we're going to see a lot of churches close because of this. Um, and I think, again, this is an opportunity for us to be united as a church, uh, and to build each other up, to help each other up, which is the whole point of this podcast. We don't get paid for this. We don't charge money for this. It's to help out other churches that are in similar or, um, smaller Uh churches to, to see them succeed. And that's, that's really the goal with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so once everyone comes back, once, you know, whether it's August, October, whatever works best for you, everyone come back. Do you think life will come back to normal once it's open? Or do you think, um, like we talked about with staff, right? Things are going to be thought through a little differently now. Yeah. I, I really don't know. Um, I really don't know. I I think that there's going to be some adjustments that we see. I think, I think air travel is going to be different from here on out. I think that going into stadiums is going to be different, at least for the next four to five years. I wouldn't be surprised if we see temperature checks. Um, As far as a church goes, I think that there's going to be churches that are missionally focused are going to do well. Churches that are not missionally focused and that are Sunday driven are not going to do well. Um, And so I think that we need to be missionally focused. And so I think that there's going to be some more creative elements that we see happening, happening through the church. Um, but I really don't know, I don't know what the new normal will look like. And I know that that's the term that people are tossing around. I really just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the expertise to speculate in it. Uh, I do see hygiene being something at least for the next five to 10 years is on the forefront of people's mind, just like 9-11. Yep. You know, 9-11 was really big and a focus for about 10 years. And now it's just a forethought in people's minds. And so I I suspect something that whenever I'm in my 40s, we're going to look back at that and be like, oh, remember whenever the coronavirus happened and we don't practice any of the same stuff. But I may be wrong. Right. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think for everyone, it's going to look a little different. Right. Um, I'm with you where I think air travel is going to be the big one that's different. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to miss traveling, but I imagine a lot more of what I'm going to do is going to be virtual. So I'm not going to have to travel. Yeah, Um, man, I, I got a travel budget this year and I haven't (laughs) even used it, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, no, I get you. I get you. So, um, yeah, I think small stuff like that is going to change where maybe, uh, most of what you do is going to be back to normal a year from now, year and a half from now. Um, but I think everyone will always ask that question of like, Oh, I'm going to fly out to, Colorado to show someone this this thing for a product and they're like can you just do a go to meeting like you know at least I think yeah. every time the question will be asked yeah yeah and I even think conferences is something this is something we've talked about mm-hmm. um, I was I've been invited to speak to two conferences um, one is happening in June one already happened the first one was virtually uh, mm-hmm. it was different you know my talk time went from 45 minutes to 15 minutes <laughs> um, so that was challenging 
but then the other one that I was supposed to be in Dallas for in June, it, they just moved it virtually uh, last week. And so I got the uh-huh. notification is this work. And so they condensed it from a two day conference to a one day conference. And so it's going to be the same thing. So I think we are going to see more of that <clears throat> take place at least in the short term, probably for the next 18 months or so. Um, right. My hope is I'm an extrovert. I like being around people. So I don't want to see that be the new norm, but it also may be. And if that's the case, then um, I'll deal with it. I'm just going to have to (laughs) find other places to travel to, you know. Or just have an awesome setup to so that when people, you know, have you speak remote, they're like, man, that guy looks like he's in his church. And no, you're in closet or something yeah i know right oh yeah <laughs> you were judging you were judging my uh my home set up on Sunday. oh 100 yeah well i think it was great that you know city church uh i'm gonna paint a picture for everyone while we end up the podcast here that city church does a great job we've gone and got equipment we were pretty good right off the bat making sure we had lighting and everything we needed to do the online stream and then you know michael called a bunch of mothers for mother's day and Every mom had their laptop propped out a couple books. It was the perfect angle. And Michael and another member of our staff are hunched over their computers, like with like, you know, the camera angle of where it's like down by your chin and all that stuff. And I, I, that was the first comment I made while we're all watching together. Yeah. I was like, it was great. For the record, I didn't think I would be in the video. Like I didn't, Excuses. I didn't put on a hat. I didn't like, I literally, it was like <laughs> I woke up, I grabbed a cup of coffee and I sat down in front of my computer Pretty sure I was still in my boxers or something. So, um, <laughs> not on camera, but yeah. you know, and then I, that's and what I said. Yeah. And then I saw the video. I was like, oh, crap. I was in the video. I look horrible. <laughs> yeah. But I think people will spend more, you know, maybe more investment on that, right? If left like a trainer for some company that does a lot of trainings, all of a sudden your travel time's cut in half, but yeah. you're still doing the same amount of trainings. Um, if I were them, I would totally invest in a great monitor and a great, you know, background, like a whole setup to get it to work. Yeah, absolutely. Which after this Sunday, I'm going to have to do. So yeah, you are a hundred percent. So anything else, Mike, on this topic before, uh, we wrap up here? Yeah, I would just say, uh, I would just say use wisdom, like use wisdom as you navigate, as you come up with a plan and use wisdom with your plan. Um, don't just say you're going to reopen. I think it's foolish. Uh, and this goes for business. This goes for church. This goes for anybody. Have a plan in place and um, and just work the plan and know that it's going to change. Like I gave mm-hmm. you guys, here's our target dates. I'm expecting that to change. Everything has changed. And mm-hmm. so be flexible. It may even be better. We may even be be, be back sooner. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. And um, so have a plan, use wisdom, execute it well, but be flexible. Yeah. No one knows your situation better than you. Yeah. Don't rush it unless you have to. Absolutely. You know, so no, I think that's good. Um, for anyone listening out there, if you want to hear more from Michael, you can find him anywhere on social media at Mike Moore ALB. Uh, continue listening to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Inside Out Group or InsideOutGroup.org. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.